Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mugwon Tower, Mugwon Tower, this is Albatross 13 requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello and welcome to the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and joining me this week, we have the co-host of the Film By Podcast, Jeff Johnson. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Dayton. Thank you. And also joining us, we have father, husband, musician, and hospitality expert, Tim Brown. How are you doing, Tim? (laughs) Feeling very hospitable today. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. All right. Before we get into the episode, all the listeners out there, do us a favor. Like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. Uh, do us a favor. If you want to support this show, you can go to Patreon and for as little as a dollar, a dollar a month, you can help, uh, offset the cost of producing these episodes. We're doing a musical episode this week, guys. I'm excited. We are talking about the record from 1989 for the band faith. No more. It is the real thing. Now, uh, Brown, why don't you tell us uh, your earliest memories of this particular record? Uh, when you started listening to it, how did you hear about it? That kind of thing. God, I know it was uh, right around when it when it debuted. I remember, and I remember you, me, and John Wright, and uh, all the other gang from the the campus radio station there <laughs> uh, were really big into this album. It was yep. it was we loved it. Yep, that's right. All right, uh, Jeff, how about you? I vividly remember seeing the video for Epic on MTV in, it must have been like 1990. And uh, as soon as it was over, I went to my dad and said, hey, I'll mow the lawn if you'll take me to the store so I can buy this. this (laughs) (laughs) I will gladly uh, pay you Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, like Tim, I remember hearing about it. Um, it was after Epic was released and after it like went berserk and it was all over MTV and all over the radio. Um, now I know I had a cassette of it. Um, John, uh, John Wright had uh, the CD of course, because you know, he had a CD player and, um, John was fancy. <laughs> yeah, he was fancy. I remember specifically though, uh, we had, um, at, at that campus, we had a lip sync contest and people signed up and da, 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 da. So we decided we were going to do the song Epic. And there was, you know, me, John, and a few other people. Uh, Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny Helstein was there too. So we did Epic. And what, two things I remember about it very vividly was during the guitar solo, John runs out of the back of the stage, out a side door, ran around the front of the building and came back in through the entrance to the common area, ran back to the stage before the guitar solo was over. 
that was pretty funny and he was exhausted when he did it but what made it even funnier was at the end of the song as it was winding down he laid down on the stage and flopped around like the fish in the video (laughs) i do remember that (laughs) so that was fun um so yes that image is still burned in my brain to this day thank you john All right. Yeah, why is he not on this episode? <laughs> he was supposed to be, but he's on vacation celebrating his, oh, that's right. uh, his I'm anniversary. In for him. <laughs> yes, celebrating his anniversary. So happy anniversary, John and Renata. There you go. All right. So let's cover a little history of the band Faith No More. Uh, they initially formed in 1979 as the Sharp Young Men. At that point, uh, the members included Mike Morris on vocals, Wade Worthington on keyboards, Mike Borden on drums, and Billy Gould on bass. Um, they did end up recording, uh, let's call it EP or some kind of a small offering um, in the parents' garage of the future producer, Matt Wallace, who would go on to produce records for Maroon 5, Train, The Replacements, and OAR. Uh, they did change their name to no, uh, to Faith No Man. Uh, they did release a single. Worthington quit, and uh, Roddy Bottom replaced him on keyboards. Uh, and then shortly after that, Bottom, Borden, and Gould all quit the band and then reformed under the name Faith No More. Uh, they did try out several different singers and guitarists, including Courtney Love. That would have been an interesting. <laughs> yes, I know, right? So this is before. <laughs> That's really weird. Yes, this is before you know Nirvana and everything else. So this was uh, this is still early eighty, you know, early eighties. Uh, they eventually settled in 1983 on uh, Chuck Mosley on vocals and Jim Martin um, joined the band on guitar. Now, uh, Martin had uh, some more of a thrash metal history. Uh, he was in the band Vicious Hatred and was close personal friends with one of the greatest bass players ever, the late, great Cliff Burton. So there you go. There's and also, yes. And they're also in a, a jam band called the Spastic Children with other members of Metallica before they were really anybody else. So which is a great name for a band, Spastic Children. Love it. <laughs> um, their first release as Faith No More was a cassette. Side A was a live show. Side B was a 20-minute instrumental. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> the first actual official release was the album We Care A Lot, released in 1985. They signed with Slash Records and then released Introduce Yourself in 1987. While on tour in Europe, uh, Mosley's behavior got out of control including uh, fights with the roadies and he fell asleep on stage. <laughs> so that's just terrible. He was eventually fired. And um, you think, yeah, <laughs> none too soon. Pun- didn't he punch gold on stage at one point? Also the, one of his roadies did or one of his road. Okay. Yes. One of his roadies wow. did. So um, now Jim Martin hears a demo for the band, Mr. Bungle um, and decides to have Mike Patton, the lead singer, join the band and he did. And two weeks after joining the band, he wrote all the lyrics for the album we're going to talk about, that, which is pretty impressive. Uh, the Real Thing was released in June of 1989. Um, the single Epic was released in January of 90 and went totally bonkers. And uh, From Out of Nowhere and Falling to Pieces were other singles. And the cover of War Pigs was not available on the vinyl version, but available on the cassette and the CD. In 1992, their follow-up album, Angel Dust, was released. Uh, they did tour with it, and it did actually do pretty well against uh, the real thing. After the tour, Martin was kind of sick of the way the music was going, so he quit the band. He had multiple lineup changes, and then eventually they broke up in 1998. They did reunite in 2009 for an album and a tour. 
Um, the most recent tour was actually canceled uh, because of COVID, and then they announced it again, and then it was canceled again because uh, Patton uh, cited health, uh, mental health issues for the reason. The current lineup includes uh, Patton on vocals, Mike Borden on drums, you still have Bottom on keyboards, Gould on bass, and uh, new guitar player John Hudson on guitar. So there you go. That brings us up to date on Faith No More. Jeff. We're going to try something a little different this time around. We're not going track by track, all that kind of fun stuff. We're going to list off our top three tracks from this particular record. So what's your uh, number three? Uh, let's talk about Epic. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> All right, just, what about it's Epic? It's going to be on all the lists, but, you know. <laughs> it's, actually well, I mean, not, it's, it's actually not on my list, so. Oh, okay, wow, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's interesting that this, you know, little research I was digging into, this album was already considered a failure, The and they had a little bit of money left. Like, okay, we'll put one more video out. What do you want to do? And they just picked Epic, and then boom. Right. You know, massive success. Uh, a lot of people, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys agree, but, you know, I think it's kind of like the start of new metal in a way, you know, it kind of created that genre or at least yeah. helped launch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear the, the new metal formula in there with, with the rap and, and the yeah. kind of hip hop feel to it. Yeah. It's like, they kind of took what with uh red hot chili peppers were doing and made it a little bit harder. You know what I mean? They kind yeah. of had that very, the funk version of it and made it a little heavier. Yeah. I just like uh, these lyrics are so crazy and out there. Every one of these songs, the lyrics Every, are kinda, all of them. Yeah. You know, and I, I was wondering, it took me a while to figure out what Epic is about, which is ironic because, you know, the whole chorus is, what is it? It's it. And I'm like, what? No, what is it? Uh, I actually I actually read that uh, I, uh, Mike Patton did an interview with uh, Circus Magazine in 1990 and said it was all about sexual frustration, sex, and the lack of sex. And when you put it into that perspective and then you listen to the lyrics, it's like, wow, that's exactly what that song's about. <laughs> um, I don't know. I did. I dig the song. Though. So it's there was just... a reason it resonated with all of us in our late teens, early 20s. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's one of those things I, I just when I hear it on the radio, even now, I'm going to crank it up. I'm going to have some fun and just and let it go. So. All right. Tim, what's your take on this song? I love this track. I didn't put it on my list because I kind of figured it was, it was going to be on somebody's list. So, um, but yeah, I love this track. This is for the longest time after this album kind of faded from the, you know, the, the public consciousness, I didn't listen to it for ages. Right. My, my, uh, my music collection has always been dismally small <laughs> because I've always surrounded myself with people who buy all of the stuff. Right. So I'd either take a cassette copy of it or I would just be around them when I listened to it. And then finally, years later, when I moved away from, you know, the Cincinnati area where all of our friends were, I suddenly realized I don't have crap. To listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> so this album kind of faded from memory for a long time. And every now and then Epic would pop up 
on the radio or, or on a, a TV reference or something. And uh, then I would be, oh, yeah, that is such a great album. I love that tune. <laughs> and then when I started doing the, the prep for this episode, I finally went back and I listened to the whole album. I'm like, you know what? There's actually stuff on here I like a little bit better. Right. Right. See, but that's still a great song. See, okay, here's my thing. And this goes to why at times I really uh, dislike uh, radio programmers as far as the what they play. This epic is the the only song you ever hear on the radio from Faith in the More. Okay, it's the only one you ever hear. Now, falling to pieces and um, from out of, from out of nowhere, I think we're both released as singles, but you never hear those. Okay, um, my issue is there are better songs on this record. And we never get to hear them. I got so sick of this song. This is by far. <laughs> I, you know, I skip it when it comes on the radio. So I'm like, I already heard this 255, you know, times already. I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> so, you know, play something else off the record. Anything else is fine. So to me, um, yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm blaming radio play and MTV for making me hate it. I'm not trying not to blame the song because it's not the song's fault, but even before I got sick of it, there was just other songs on the record I liked a lot more. So the fact that this seems to be the only song they remember is what bothers me. But I don't want to hear it, you know, unless I have to. <laughs> so sorry. Well, and to to your point, Dayton, about about radio play, yeah, falling to pieces is an awesome song, and it was a single. I never heard it on the radio until 2001, right? When it was used in a uh, Ridley Hawk's or uh, Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down, right? And then all of a sudden I was like, Hey, is it that that's faith? No more. They're listening to. And then all of a sudden I'm it's back in my rotation. And then all of a sudden it's, it's on the local uh, radio stations again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, what's your next one, Jeff? My next one would definitely be the real thing. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, it, the song jams. I love the meaning behind it. You know, it's uh, it, all about discovering that, um, that that moment that experience that that you feel like hey this is what life's all about this is this is what i'm doing what i do for uh whether you call it a spiritual ex- experience whatever the case may be i just i love the message behind it and i, I just i love the vocals i love definitely love the drums on this one It's one of those songs that uh, more I listen to it, um, I even put it in my notes. The, the I like how the lyrics can apply to almost anything that really is important and special to you because it's it's not really telling you what exactly it's about. But um, I think it's one of those you listen to. It could be anything. It could be your first love. It could be your first kiss. The first time you know you you know saw your the 
the movie that become your favorite forever, the first concert you went to. It's one of those that it's like it works on so many different levels because of that. Um, the lyrics are really cool. And yeah, it's a great song. Um, it's longest one on the record, but it never gets boring. Um, mm-hmm. It changes just enough at times and it goes back to stuff that worked at the beginning and whatever. Um, they do it twice, like right around the first time's run around uh, two minutes and 35 seconds. The progression changes completely and the lyrics get a little more exciting. And then, you know, there's a great section in the middle and then it kind of goes away and it goes back to the beginning again and does it again and brought it back because it was so cool the first time. Hey, we're going to bring it back again. And it, it, it's really, really a cool song. I, I, I agree. It, it almost made my list, but not quite. So, Tim, what's your take on it? This is you guys always go on about about lyrics and how the lyrics relate to you. And I am such a weird musician person that I'm always just listening to the instrumentation of the song. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good singer. Great voice. Great voice. (laughs) I don't care what he's saying. I just want to hear the music. And um, the music on this is really good. It's got a great there's kind of this this pseudo kind of R and B feel when he when his voice gets real soft, you know. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. the real thing, and it's got such a great quality to his voice, and and the drums at the beginning, just a little click click click. click. Yeah. It's uh, oh. so cool, so cool. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. All right, Jeff, your third one. Rounding out my top three, definitely my favorite track on this album. Definitely not going to be heard on the radio. Zombie Eaters. <laughs> that is actually on my list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All so right. Uh, so yeah, why why go. do you like it? Why do you like it? Well, the first thing, you know, we talked about, you know, does this album kind of lead the way to new metal? And I think this is one of the best examples on this on this album where you're hearing a little bit of classical, you're hearing rock, you're hearing a little bit of rock, you're hearing a little bit of everything. I love how soft his voice is at the beginning. Uh, almost like you're hearing a ballad, but you're definitely not. Right. Because uh, he wakes you right up. Towards yeah. the end, picks up yeah. just a bit. <laughs> and it's one of those, you know. There's always this metaphor. Everyone, everyone can find a metaphor in any, you know, any song or any lyrics. But just how he uses like the the perspective of a of an infant, right? Talking, you know, talking about a mother, a mother and a father. You know, for me, it's it's all about co- codependency issues. And okay. Just the the way that he he uses that, um, and and uses the. His, his voice, uh, you know, again, we're, we're kind of mixing genres of music. I like that his voice, he, you know, he uses it in different ways on this track. Right. Right. So, He's see, really got an awesome, not just vocal range note wise, but just 
the tones he can get out of his voice yes, when he's yeah. got that softness and then when he's really screaming and then when he's got that that kind of pseudo you know that mm-hmm. he does on everything it's it's <laughs> yeah. it, you know, I, I can't even make the good sound what was that you know you know you know the sound i'm talking oh, about yeah, yeah, i know right. what yeah, you're talking yeah. about yeah. kind of this weird nasally that nasally thing, thing he does yeah. yeah it shouldn't work but it works so good yeah 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 i, I it, it always surprises me like they did a cover of the commodore's uh easy uh for the next Love record that. and it's and you're like oh my god he's he's singing <laughs> it's like yes. you know he's he's you know like oh this is a really good cover of this and i'm surprised it came from them but but yeah, yeah. it's it, I, I i love the the point of view of the song written like he's a, an infant that i mean mm-hmm. how often do we get that you know so he writes a song from the point of view of an infant doesn't really happen you know well i also and love it, how he manages to to change it up and make it really sinister sounding from that yes. kid's point of yes. view <laughs> yes. yeah, because in the beginning, it's an evil it's, little kid yeah, <laughs> yeah in, in the beginning it's so soft and it's all about you know hey you're everything to me the you know the most important thing in the world but then that sinister tone kicks in it's like i i you know i'll smile to make you smile but i'm still gonna you know throw a fit and you know, I'm going to yes. make a mess and you're going to pick it up. You know, it's like, <laughs> if, and I'm just going to sit here in my mess. <laughs> yeah. if, if Seth MacFarlane wasn't listening to this track when he created the character of Stewie Griffin, <laughs> I, I don't know who did. <laughs> right. That's Cause that's who I see when I see, hear this song. Oh, I always loved this little sailor suit. Or we could do nice corduroys and a sweater. Or you could make yourself useful and wipe my button. Circular motion, one finger. And don't you look at me. Uh, see, to me, aside from the lyrics, the music is just really cool, obviously. Um, yes. But like you get to the last minute, that riff during the last minute of the song is just so awesome. And you're oh, and it's one of the things that's one of the things that um, with uh, with this with this with this album in particular, there's some songs where, you know, Martin really shows off and there's some, you know, Patton kind of does his thing all the way through. But um this is one of the songs that jumped out at me that, you know, it was like, okay, Martin really got a chance to uh, show us his licks there. And, and like I said, the, and I love the, the nice melodic, almost acoustic guitar at the beginning and at the very mm-hmm. end um, with the heavier stuff in the middle. It, I don't know. It's a, it's a great song. Dayton, you mentioned Martin there. And, and just so I'm showing proper respect, should I, should I refer to him as Martin or is it Sir James Martin? Like we heard in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, yeah, right? <laughs> just want to just want to clarify. Well, I'm pretty sure um, between him and Lisa Loeb, there's like no uh, red rim glasses anymore anywhere else. So because that's no. that was his thing and that was her thing. So which is really very weird connection, but yeah. But certainly, yes, Bogus Journey. It's been so long since I've watched that movie, and I'd for you know forgotten he was in that. <laughs> I'll say though. about Martin listening back to this album now more recently. Uh, when the album came out, I, I was very much into the shredders. You know, mm-hmm. you had Eddie, you had Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and Paul Gilbert and, and these guys that just were blazing, blazing fast guitarists. And and Martin was never really that kind of a player. Right. Um, he was a little more laid back, definitely had some grooves, definitely had some speed when he needed it. Right. But he wasn't that kind of shred. So at the time, I kind of wrote him off I was like yeah good songwriter decent rhythm player eh. and then i i kind of forgot about him listening back to this now i i hear some nuance and some skill that i didn't notice before right and he's yeah. really okay. yeah. really good yeah 
I, I, I hear that too. I agree. I agree. All right, Tim, you ready to give us our three? You're your, you ready to give us your three picks. Let's, let's do it. All right. All right. My number three is the cover war picks. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Good call. Normally for me, when a band does a cover of a song and they don't really change anything about it, eh, it's boring. Why'd you bother doing it that way? But there's something about this cover that I think really stands out. You can hear that. Yeah. They're just doing a straight, almost bar band version of it. There's there's a love, there's a respect for the original that's there. And I think they were trying to, to really capture that feel. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at Black Masses Evil minds that plot destruction construction in the fields the bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning death and hate yeah yeah i mean um you still get you can still hear you know Patton doing his thing um sounding better than ozzy you know in some ways but uh not showing off and yeah it's it's a, yeah, it's, it's yeah. very much a um we dig you guys we respect you guys so we're going to do a really good version of this and but there's just enough of of faith no more in the song so you know it's you're not going who's destroying this you know it's not like you know <laughs> it's not like when guns and roses covers anything and destroys it this is actually a good song <laughs> i had to get that i'm sorry i just yeah. There's just some people that shouldn't do covers. In purple haze. <laughs> <laughs> some people just shouldn't do covers. Anyway, <laughs> so what do you think about the cover, Jeff? I actually love it, and the only reason it didn't make my top three is is the exact reason Tim opened up with. You know, if you're not going to do anything new with it and kind of put your own stamp on it, why bother? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Tim. Uh, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's done. They do it so well that I'm, I'm never going to skip it. I'm always going right. to, you know, again, yeah. crank it up and, mm-hmm. and, and let it go. All right. So, all right, Tim, give us another one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, the, the lead off track from out of nowhere. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's just got such a great groove to kick off the record with. And it's like, it just kind of grabs you and I'm going to sling you around the room and you're going to love this freaking record. yeah it's it's definitely like each section of the song like the opening versus the verse and the chorus they all have a different feel but they all work together you know what i mean it's it there's there's definite sections of the song but uh they don't distract from each other and it all works It, it is a great opener You're right. It's like, here you go. This is what the rest of the album is going to be like for the most part. Uh, strap in. You know, it's going to be awesome. And so, yeah. All right. 
What do you think? What do you think, Jeff? I, I definitely agree. I'm glad that it, it opens the the album up and it gets your attention fast. And it's just I, I don't know how to how to describe it, but I, I almost feel like if it was a, a ride at the amusement park, it's it's gonna be the scrambler or something <laughs> like that, where it just it's throwing you to the left and it's throwing you to the right, and then it's going up, it's going down. It's just I mean, it's just wow, you know. Right. So all right, pretty cool. Love it. All right, Tim, what's your last one? Uh, my favorite on the album has got to be Falling to Pieces. Uh, for all the stuff that Epic has that makes it this, you know, iconic, memorable song that, that gets, you know, played so much, I think Falling to Pieces does everything that song did just a little bit better. Yeah. There's, there's you know, there's the, the, new, the new metal rap kind of section. And then there's these uh, the the keyboards the piano in that just it's got such a great groove uh, that it's very repetitive but man it's just kind of yeah I'm into this I love it. There's definitely the, a there's definitely yeah. a bounce to the song. There's yes. a bounce to it. Yes. Yeah. It's it, yeah. well, it's even that that opening like that 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 bass like the boom, boom <laughs> right? Yes. You know, just like it's all back. Like you're already like nodding your head and you're like it, it's a fun track. It yeah, absolutely it is. You're, boom, you're like what is yeah. that noise? What is he doing on the boom, boom, yeah. and, and then the and, drums boom, 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 and yeah. then you get that groove. It's like oh this is working. I like it. Mm-hmm. I swear I I I have no information to back this up but i my my head canon is that the bass player was uh tuning up or getting ready for practice or whatever one day warming up and stumbled over a pedal or over a chord or something and he made that up <laughs> and somebody said that's awesome keep it <laughs> we're doing that <laughs> yeah and that wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me the funny thing about this song is it is a fun song. It's bouncy, whatever. But considering it's literally about kind of losing your shit, you know, it's got it's it's funny that it's a upbeat sounding song with you know, you know, somebody put me together. I'm I'm like losing, I'm falling apart. But it doesn't right. sound like that. You're like you're bouncing around. This is great. Oh, he's having a bad day. Okay, wait, I'm confused. So, all right, all right, good list. Well, we'll do my three. Jeff already mentioned Zombie Eater, so we're going to go ahead and skip that. Um, now mine are in no particular order, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do surprise you're dead. I love this song because <laughs> um, 
it plays to Martin's strengths, uh, and you can kind of hear a bit of his, his old thrash roots in there for sure. Um, the guitar is freaking cool all the way through. Uh, Patton's angry, aggressive vocals are awesome. And uh, during the verses, the the beat, the, it's literally off beat, and it adds to the aggression of the song, and I and I love it. Uh, it's it's just so freaking cool. And it's like the heaviest song on the record, and it doesn't sound like it has the same, you know, the same guitar sound, the same bass sound, but it doesn't sound like anything else in the record. And I like the fact that it stands out like that. It's very very cool. Yeah, it definitely has a, a different sound than than pretty much everything else on the album. Yeah, At that you know everything else has got that kind of like we said the new metal kind of this funk metal rap fusion thing going on this song thrash yeah just in your face well uh, where where a lot of the a lot of the tracks have that fun vibe to them this one it, definitely the meanest track on the whole album <laughs> yes, and, it and is. when you watch their videos i mean their videos are just just crazy <laughs> you know and but they're having a blast I, I if they ever would have put a video out for this it, i just it had it would have been something dark you know, oh yeah, dark and, and angry looking. You know, <laughs> yes, yes, it would have been. I'm kind of thinking about that right now, and <laughs> no, never mind. Okay, um, so my other one. Uh, not only is it the best title of any songs on the record, um, "Woodpecker from Mars." I mean, the, it's instrumental, and I just love that woodpecker. Woodpecker from Mars? What the hell? <laughs> and because you see that on the track listing when you're going through the first time, and then you hear the song, you're like, "Okay." Um, it it lets every musician in the band have a spotlight. It's literally like taking turns. Like, all right, you have that great keyboard, you know, section, and then you know you have the bass and the drum. I mean, the bass just is awesome in it. Uh, Borden on drums is just killing it and it's really very cool you know um it's funky it's moody it's just it's it's a fantastic song all the way through just i love this song i'm surprised this didn't make tim's list because earlier he was like i, I don't really don't want to hear the lyrics i don't want to hear the guys I want to hear the <laughs> this is this is all for you tim you know i was gonna say <laughs> you're right <laughs> Now I'm wondering why I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> Slack ass. It caused me, yeah. me to rethink my entire life. I'm out of here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right though. That it's such a weird, such a weird uh, title for a song. Uh, I looked into it. It's actually they're uh, they're referencing a Woody Woodpecker cartoon from the fifties. So okay. All right. A, yeah. An episode. Yeah. So. Okay. That that totally makes sense. That totally does okay. make sense. But it's still a great, still a great name. Still a great. Oh, name. absolutely. It's a love it. All right, so let's go through and cover the songs we did not talk about. Let's talk about Underwater Love. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of this one? I I don't dislike it, but I'm not going to rush to hear it. Okay. It, you know, it's, 
Forgettable. It's, it's Got okay. it. It's forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, uh, you could. I got nothing remember deep to what say you were on this one. Yeah. You could remember what you're trying to forget. I got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I Brown. think I. I think I like Underwater Love a little bit more than Jeff, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> And this was something I noticed when I was going back and listening to this one start to finish. When, whatever copy that I got off of you or John Dayton, whatever cassette I made, either <clears throat> didn't have the second side or got <laughs> eaten on my tape deck or something, there were songs on the second half of this that I'm like, I, I have no memory of this tune. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> So it was almost like kind of re- rediscovering them. And, uh, but yeah, Underwater Love, it's it's decent. It's not a bad song. Um, I kind of feel like if if we're going to skip one, the next one, The Morning After, is the one I would usually skip. Okay, now see, I like that song. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I see with Underwater Love, it's, it's an interesting song. It's not great. Uh, the lyrics confuse the crap out of me. Um, but... I I definitely like uh, the bass and the keyboard. They really work well together, especially during the verse uh, throughout the song. Um, but yeah, it's it, I don't hate it. Um, I can tell you right now, I'd rather listen to that than Epic at this point. But that's okay. It's not. <laughs> but well, to be fair, there's there's nothing I think bad on this album. I don't think there's any track that you can say is just a, a stinker. Why did they even bother? No, I agree. This. I agree. But I, I do feel like underwater love, the morning after, kind of, kind of fillery territory. All right, yes. all right, all right. See, I the morning after, I, I like the opening a lot. Um, I like how it adds pieces. You get, you know, you get the bass and the drums first, then in come the keyboard with the guitar together, and then the vocals come in, and it's 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 well put together. right if i'm making a if i'm making a faith no more playlist it probably doesn't make it but it, you're right there's nothing on this record that i go you know what the hell were they doing so i mean the morning after is mm-hmm. not bad um i do like the back and forth between the melodic guitar and the heavy guitar so there's bright points and but yeah i, w- I wouldn't have kicked it off wouldn't have kicked it off for sure so i i agree with that because you know the guitar for me with the morning the guitars are what saves it for me okay uh for the morning after i'd I don't necessarily care for it a whole lot, but I do like hearing the music. All right. All right. So let's talk about uh, the the one that, you know, the other one that doesn't fit, Edge of the World. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. My only real, okay. It is a little out of place with the rest of it. And that's, and that's fine. You know, we've talked about bands before that have a song. They're kind of like, uh, what, no, uh, huh? What was that? Um, and, but the thing is to me, the music's not bad. You know, uh, if to me, it's like, okay, they're, they're experimenting. They're trying something new, cool, whatever. To me, um, I only have two things really wrong with it. Number one, it should not be the final track on the record. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. They should have moved War Pigs to the end since it was added technically. It wasn't on the vinyl, so it was added to the CD and to the cassette. So put War Pigs last. I think so, War Pigs being before this song is what hurts this song the most. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, that's a good point, Tim. Yeah. It's like, it's like the band just gives you this kick-ass song, and then they come out in encore with this. And the lyrics, um, what? <laughs> you said it, pal. <laughs> so I'm not going into detail. So if you're listening to this and you're going, what is he talking about? Just look up the lyrics and start reading them and you're going to go, what? You know? <laughs> so Yeah. I'm and, like, are, are we listening to something that, that law enforcement should be called? About? What's going on uh-huh. here? Well, okay. It's, it's honestly, it's just, um, it's a, it's a, you know, more modern version of Christine 16, right? Is this what is, you know, <laughs> call back to the kiss episode? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Songs with lyrics that say, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, it can be age. A, well, <laughs> it could be a kiss callback with that. Don't make it right. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So here's my thing. Cause you know, we, anytime you ever seen an interview with Pat and whatever, you know, the dude's not, he's an eccentric guy. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he sat down and decided I'm going to write a song about an old man who likes little girls and you're like is that a good idea are you sure are you sure mike you know because <laughs> if you if you don't hear the 40 years older line the rest of the song doesn't really scream warning you yeah, know but that yeah. line does kind of just jump out and slap you in the face but it does yes i know <laughs> but if you if you're not paying attention like if you're tim and just listening to the music and you're like <laughs> No, no, that one even caught me. <laughs> so yeah, you, but, good music. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it, my whole thing is if you if you take that line out, it's 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 not as nearly as bad, you know. But then you're mm-hmm. like forty years older. Hmm. Do you want some candy? What? So uh, <laughs> that's like um, but. Apart from that, I mean, like I said, I don't hate the music. Uh, it's just the the content is a little unsettling. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I, I sense a uh, episode for songs that uh, have 
questionable lyrical content now. <laughs> We're going to do this one. We got Christine 16. We can throw in Winger 17. <laughs> we, we can go on and on. <laughs> Guys, gonna, maybe you should not. Uh... <laughs> that's going to be a very long uh, episode. Right. Because there's so uh, many. <laughs> So many. I'll t- a series. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, uh, an episode about a pedo playlist is something that's going to be creepy no matter how you cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Count me out. All right. <laughs> All right. So there we go. We pause okay. now for everyone to shake off the willies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need a minute. I'm gonna... <laughs> <sighs> there they shook them off okay <laughs> so i already mentioned um how edge of the world should not have been the final track or whatever is there any other changes to the track listing you guys think like uh, i know we mentioned that uh from out of nowhere is a great opener or whatever um is there anything else that you would you know maybe it's just out of place like you know we both we all agree that war pig should have been the final track you know or is there something that should have been the final track and war pigs maybe moved up what do you think for my take, I move War Pigs up and I end this with Woodpecker from Mars. Yeah, all right. I'm going to agree with that. With that. I'm yeah. going to agree with that. I go along with Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, you move that up and then you even, um, yeah, yeah, that works because you get a little experimental at the end. You know, Woodpecker from Mars is a great song, so why not finish with that? So, yeah, I, you should always finish strong. So that's a, that's a good call. Yeah. I like that. Well, and after Edge of the World, maybe you just spend a few minutes not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there you go. Oh, Tim, you're killing me, dude. (laughs) I do what I can. Yeah, I know. And you're good at it. Smart ass. All right. So, Brown, um, after revisiting this and going back to it, uh, which member do you think stands out the most on this on this record? Who uh, who shines? You know, uh, going in from my, my previous memory of it, I would probably have said Mike Patton. But listening back now, I think probably the unsung hero on this album is the bass player. Uh, okay, agreed. That's my choice too. I mean, every song he, you, he's not necessarily featured, he but he just definitely laying it down. Oh. Just laying it down solid. Yeah. As much as I wanted to say, you know, Mike Borden on drums, I was just like, no. I mean, as much as good as he is, man, the, the bass, just every song is just outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. So what do you say, Jeff? I'm almost there with you guys, but I, I kind of feel like Mike Patton is the standout on this because we're talking about a band that had put out two albums before and did, and they're, they're decent. If you've listened to them, I, I like them, but they don't, they don't resonate with me. I, I think what Patton did with his, his vocal style, that's what made them faith no more. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and gave them their, yeah. their shot to, at, at, at stardom. Patton right. is Patton is that final ingredient that just kind of put him over the top. Yeah. And I think he was the thing know, that really solidified that lineup and made it something unique and special and memorable. He definitely has a lot of personality. tongue in cheek, that personality he brings yes. to it yeah. was something that I think they were missing. Well, and he's a showman too. So uh, mm-hmm. if you've seen him, if you've seen uh, some of their live stuff uh, and especially in their, vid- their videos, he he's a ham and he's having a great time and yes you know whether you say you know you need that or not i i think it's always gonna make you it's gonna be engaging to you you know uh and that's that's one thing i was looked forward to when faith no more would put out a new a new video 
I just wanted to see what what they're doing. I wanted to see what he's going to do. Right. Because he's, you know, he's he's just it's off the wall. I do think part of him joining the band also uh, with Angel Dust and you know with the next record, uh, the music changed too. You got a mm-hmm. lot more uh, keyboard driven stuff, which is one of the reasons Martin left. He was, you know, it's kind of going away from what he liked to do. And, you know, good or bad, you know, the real thing is a great record all the way through. Um, but I think it was the last great record they made. Yeah. I mean, this album, and then they had the cover of Easy. And after that, they just kind of, they kind of faded for me. I, I kind of, lost yeah. interest yeah I, there was uh, midlife crisis was on that record too which was pretty good but um it was it, it had a, a different feel you know i mean the the fun of this record was gone so it was a little more serious and whatever so i kind of was like eh, well it's okay but you know i'm not gonna i never did i never bought it so but anything after that either so any other things you want to say before we get to our ratings of this particular record i would agree with what you, what you guys are saying for i definitely over the years, I, I kind of lost my my need to hear more from Faith No More. Uh, I personally, I like Midlife Crisis. Uh, I like Angel Dust. Uh, Midlife Crisis, especially, is one of my favorite tracks on that one. And it was still, it was experimental. It was it was trying new stuff, but it wasn't as it wasn't near as good as the real thing. Right. Um, the, the you know their 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 follow up to that, I, I kind of it kind of came and went. I I didn't come back to it until uh album of the year which is like winding down to where they're about to break up um where i got my favorite my if, if i'm gonna say here's my all-time favorite track it'd probably be something like last last cup of sorrow oh, okay um and and again thank you mtv before you you know became a reality <laughs> show uh, <laughs> you know but i love that's one of my favorite videos of all time seeing seeing faith no more pay uh homage to Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo that with Jennifer Jason Lee in that, in that video, that's an awesome video. And that's where I was like, they still got it. It's a shame. They just aren't going to do more with it. Right. On to the ratings. Uh, your choices are never again. I'll stream it. Uh, but used on CD by a new CD or is it vinyl worthy? So Mr. Brown, what's your, what's your call? I'll buy it used on CD. All right. How about you, Jeff? Dayton, I'm going to sound like a poser for saying this because, you know, I don't have a record player, but for me, it's vinyl worthy. Okay. It's a, it's a five star. See, that's the way I look at it. Break it down by five. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah. Oh, I thought we were actually putting this in like terms of what our, our budget allowed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my answer is I actually do have the CD that I bought at half price books for a dollar. So that was a, that was a steal. And That's then I do have the vinyl. Steal. Yeah, it was a steal. Um, I do have the vinyl, but for me, it's just, um, it's just not a perfect record. So for me, I'm going to go with uh, the, a new CD by new on CD. So um, it's really good. Like I said, there's nothing on there. I hate uh, there's a couple of things on there that are, you're like, eh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one cringeworthy moment, but yeah, but, yeah no, but, we can let that slide. <laughs> I, the, the rest of it is so good. It kind of makes up for what's lacking. So I, I still, I still, you know, it's still a very good record. So, but think about this Dayton. If you, if you go vinyl, you're not getting that track. As you no, I don't get yours. war pigs. 
Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so you know, see, see my point? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a Sophie's choice right there. It is. A, you're right. <laughs> that's well put. Okay. Um, all right. So, Jeff, uh, why don't you tell everybody what is coming up on the Film by Podcast? Uh, thank you. This is actually this episode is right in the middle of a little bit of a Mars trip we got going on. So yesterday. Uh, on the film by, we just did looking at Tim and our. <laughs> we just I did our uh, Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah, we just did our Tim Burton uh, episode for Mars Attacks, and because we had so much fun talking about that, uh, I, I had so much fun with Dave on that. We're actually dropping a bonus episode in a few days on Friday, and uh, for 1986, we're actually talking about uh, invaders from Mars which is an absolute fun sci-fi scary movie by uh by Toby Hooper. So okay. that'll be coming out that'll be coming in just a couple of days. Very very cool. All right, so let me tell you what a little bit's coming up uh on Document 77. Um next week, uh I have some people back uh, Dave actually will be here and Amber and we're talking about um what I consider to be the best fantasy film of the 80s. Of course I'm talking about Dragon Slayer. And then when we get into July got a lot of cool stuff going on um we will be talking about our top seven comic book adaptations um and then you're back with andrew we're gonna talk about the movie seven. Oh yeah that's gonna be exciting tim will be back because we're gonna be talking uh the final episode of the month we're talking about iron maiden's seventh son of the seventh son tim and eric will be coming back to do that as well as uh we're also going to do a versus episode we're covering crawl versus the Beastmaster. So, yes, good stuff. July is going to be a lot of fun. So, (laughs) yes. All right. So thank you, Jeff, for stopping by. Hey, appreciate it. I'm always happy to be uh, on the Docking Bay 77 podcast. I love this place. Tim, thank you for stopping by. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. I I like seeing what I can do to make you lose your your mind during an episode. (laughs) Do it very well. I'd like to thank the listeners for stopping by and listening to what we have to say. How do you feel about this record? Do you agree with us? Do you think we're nuts? Uh, how would you change the track listing? What song did you get kicked out? What's your favorite tracks? Let us know on social media. Um, check us out on Facebook at DockingBay77 Podcast. On Twitter at DockingBay77Pod. You can also send us an email at DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com. Do yourself a favor. Listen to more music. And remember, physical media is better than streaming. The Ducky Bay 77 podcast is produced and edited by Dayton Johnson, recorded with Rode Pod mics, the Zoom Pod Track P4, and edited on Audacity. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. You can find him on YouTube and Bandcamp. Thank you for listening. I want you to destroy the amulet. And me along with it.